Good morning, and thank you for listening to Embracing Life. Grief is a deeply personal thing. No two people will grieve exactly the same way. It's a lonely place. I suspect that's why there's so many poems and passages written about it. People try to make sense of it and, of course, find relief from it. I was thinking about my own personal losses and the grief that I feel has deeply impacted me. I lost my father when I was 35. I lost my best friend, my dog, Achilles. I think it was three years ago. Feels like yesterday. And I lost my mother 108 days ago. The loss of parents as a unit is profound, life-altering, soul-crushing. When William Faulkner said the past is not dead, it's not even past. He was expressing the events and influences of the past that continue to shape and impact the future and the present. This quote reflects Faulkner's belief in the enduring significance of history and the ways in which it continues to resonate in the contemporary world. It's also quite applicable when we lose our mother, our father, those influences who have profoundly molded who we are, what we become, mind, body, spirit. The Dalai Lama said that the analysis of death is not for the sake of becoming fearful, but to appreciate this precious lifetime. As a Buddhist, the Dalai Lama believes in reincarnation. He believes that his deeds in his lifetime will directly affect what form he takes in his next. In this quote, he encourages us to talk about death and dying in order to give ourselves the perspective of seeing how fortunate we are to have lived. From a Buddhist point of view, our state of mind at the time of death can influence the quality of our next rebirth. So if we make a special effort to generate a virtuous state of mind, we may strengthen and activate a virtuous karma and so bring about a happy rebirth. Patti Smith said various eloquent things about death in an interview with Australian TV. She's had much to reflect upon enduring the deaths of both parents, her brother, her husband, her longtime collaborator and friend, Robert Maplethorpe. When her husband died, her father advised her that time does not heal all wounds, but it gives us the tools to endure them. She explains that these tools are the experiences of our bereavement, so that each time we experience it afresh, it can help us manage the next loss. I think that's true. I really do. She also added with a note of optimism that every time someone close to us dies, they live within us, becoming a part of our DNA. She laughs, saying that since her mother's death, her mother continues to, to scold her, to help her. Surely she is counseling her. I feel the same of my father. His passing was almost 20 years ago, and I still seek his counsel. <laughs> I think about him and feel his presence within me. 
I think with my mother, I haven't truly acknowledged the fact that she's gone for good. I think that comes with time. When you live in a different state, or she spent her she spent her winters in Florida, and I just pretend sometimes she's in Florida. I haven't really dealt with the fact that she's gone forever and I haven't experienced enough time to pass and with time comes a more profound missing of the person because you experience more holidays birthdays significant passages and they're not sharing them with you and you miss that and I haven't had enough of those events happen. I mean, we went, we had Thanksgiving, we had my birthday, and we had Christmas without my mother. And I made sure that this year we did something different so that the focus wasn't on my mother not being there. The focus was on creating new rituals and new fun things and new memories. So I mentioned my father because it's been 20 years and the strength of his presence in my life is profound and my kids grew up you know they feel like they know him I mean they met him when they were little but they speak of him as if he were alive in a way so we have kept him alive in our home in our hearts and feel his presence Um, I suspect that will be the same with my mother but I'm still I'm not there yet with her. It's too fresh. Um, I think in many ways I'm still, I mean, I know I'm still grieving, but I haven't allowed myself to truly feel that grief. Um, so onward, anyhow, um, Harriet Beecher Stowe said that the bitterest, she, the bitterest, I don't know if I'm saying that right, doesn't sound right. The bitterest shears shed over... Oh my God, I'm sorry. The bitterest tears shed are over graves in which words are left unsaid and deeds left undone. And I think no truer words have been spoken. It's why I've suggested often in my podcast that people write letters to the ones that they love or write letters of expression because to not express yourself and then have the person die has got to be one of the worst experiences to be left with. I don't know it because I was always extremely verbal in my feelings toward my parents and I have written them letters and they knew how I felt about them every day of their life. So... I have tremendous peace in that regard. I can't imagine not having that. Dylan Thomas, a Welsh writer, laments the fact that death is an inevitability, but reminds us defiantly that life goes on, that death doesn't have total dominion over us. Love is eternal. So even after lovers die, their love for each other will live on in some form. Do not go gently into that night. Is a passage that I think he wrote about his father's death. Do not go gently into that night. Jacqueline and Kennedy Onassis spoke on the tragic loss of both her two-day 
old son and her husband, one must not let oneself be overwhelmed by sadness. She was left to look after her own children by herself uh, and be a strong, nurturing mother uh, in the midst of her tragedy and grief. Such a strong person. I've been listening to Anderson Cooper. Uh, He has a podcast about grief, which is pretty sad. Um, He lost his father when he was 10. He lost his mother recently. I can, I can, a lot of what he says is exactly what I'm doing. So I feel like kindred spirit with him. Um, But he interviewed, was it Stephen Colbert? And, oh, my God, it was such an... If you get a chance to listen to this interview of your experience in grief, it's really poignant um, because he questioned Stephen Colbert. Now, I'm going to try to get this right, but um, Stephen Colbert lost his, I think, his siblings and his father when he was, like, 10 years old. He's had a lot of profound loss in his life. And he said, if you're grateful for your life, you have to be grateful for all of it, that you have to find value in loss. And he explains that he was struck with this realization that he had a gratitude for the grief um, that he had in his life because it made his life more poignant and... It's like, I understand what he's saying. Like, he's not happy that they died, but he's finding the value in understanding how poignant life is. And he's encouraging that if you see pain as something that can warm you and light your knowledge of what other people might be going through, that that's a value to become gratitude to understand, to make you a more empathetic person or to be grateful, you know, if somebody was sick, that they didn't suffer, you know, be grateful for the love that you experienced. And it's a really hard thing to do, to be grateful, to have loss in your life. But I understand his point. I think it's something that comes down the road and after the burning embers of pain dissipate I think that's something you can feel down the road but like 20 years down the road it's too hard to feel it when you're in the freshness of your emotion and then I think my favorite quote about grief not that you know that sounds odd but Queen Elizabeth she delivered the words to I think it was like 250 British victims of the 9-11 terrorist attacks. Her words, grief is the price we pay for love. A friend of mine always says that to me. And I think it's true. Those words really, they hold truth. And the words are adapted from a passage written by Dr. 
Colin Parks, a psychiatrist at a hospice, St. Christopher's Hospice, and he has a book that he wrote about bereavement. He studies of grief in adult life, and he writes, the pain of grief is just as much a part of life as the joy of love. It is perhaps a price we pay for love, the cost of commitment. To ignore this fact is to pretend that it is not so. It's to put on emotional blinkers, which leave us unprepared for the losses that we will inevitably experience in our own lives and further unprepared to help others cope with losses in theirs. I I think that's so true. The epitaph writing for a legendary author, Jane Austen, her brother wrote, their grief is in proportion to the affection they know their loss is irreparable. Their grief is in proportion as they know their loss will be irreparable. (laughs) It's also sad, but it's sad because it's true. And then um, there's also, I really, um, I really admire and respect the Native American culture and blessings and how they respect the earth and how they pray. I just, it's always something that really appealed to me. So I will leave you with this because it's, I don't know, it's important to me and um, it's a blessing. May the sun bring you the energy every day, bringing light in the darkness of your soul. May the moon softly restore you by light, bathing you in the glow of restful sleep and peaceful dreams. May the rain wash away your worries and cleanse the hurt that sits in your heart. May the breeze blow new strength into your being and may you believe in the courage of yourself. May you walk gently through the world, keeping your loved ones with you. Always know that you are never parter in the beating of your heart. The blessing is also a reminder that we can benefit from the power of nature and time and being outside. I often take walks and just turn my phone off and take quiet time. Um, I will continue to ease my own pain and suffering with the experience, wisdom of others, of poetry, of writings, of nature and I hope in doing so I can help those who have lost their parents and I know I will be able to help my friends when their mother or their father die I know I'll have the right words for them it's um it's a tough walk but you just got to stay on the stay on the emotional and spiritual cliff don't don't go over the edge and it gets better you you become better equipped to deal with the losses that will come your way and the first time feels impossible and you get better at it you get better at accepting death and rituals that come with it and 
and you get through it and you live your life and you experience joy again. And even if you're going through it, the worst part of it, it's going to get better. Just give it time. Keep working on yourself and appreciate your life and be fully present and alive and happy. Just be happy because when you experience grief, it seems that that happiness will never come back, but it does. So I hope you have a great day. Thanks for listening to Embracing Life.